Hi, Honeymooners. Natasha and I are coming to a city near you. And we'd love you to come see us and support us doing live stand-up comedy. As for me, I'm going to be going to the Comedy Club on State in Madison this very weekend for five shows. I love that club. I'd love to see you there. I'll also be at the Troubadour for the Netflix is a Joke Festival on May the 12th. That's just one night, one show, just me. But Natasha and I are going to be doing a live Endless Honeymoon podcast taping for the Netflix is a Joke Festival on the 4th of May. Then I'm going to the Punchline in Philadelphia. That's in July. Would love to see you there. I'm going to be going to the Punchline in Sacramento in August. And I'll be going to the DC Improv uh, the weekend before the election, before we figure out what hell we hath wrought. Come see me at any of those dates. Oh, yeah, one more. I'll be at the Bell House in New York on July the 11th. I'd love to see you there, New York City. Natasha, you got anything? Why don't you come see me in Brea? If you live in Orange County, I think that's Orange County. I don't even know, but come to Brea. I'll be there in April. I'll also be at the Chicago Improv in April. And if you can't see me in Chicago, why don't you come to Tempe in May? Tempe, Arizona. I'll also be in Boston, but that's not till October. I think I might take the summer off. Go to NatashaLegero.com. Or MosheCasher.com. And get some tickets. To see the both of us. And also make sure that you come to our Patreon-supported Dinner party this Sunday. That is on St. Patrick's Day. What else are you doing? It is a dumb holiday. I'm sorry. If you are not yet a member of the tier that gets you into the dinner parties, go ahead and upgrade. Upgrade that. You could downgrade afterwards. I mean, we don't have real rules. Order your corned beef and cabbage from the local pub. DoorDash that shit to your house. Yep. Log on. 6 p.m. Come mess with us. It's a really great way. Pacific. To connect to the community of the Endless Honeymoon Podcast and also to connect to your lovely hosts. Welcome to the Endless Honeymoon Podcast. Natasha, how are you? I'm good. We're still apart. I'm in Indianapolis, Indiana, and you're in fair, sunny California. I would, I'm curious, when I'm away... Do you ache for me? Um, I more like look at my calendar and I'm like, kind of like, okay, when's the next chunk I have where he's gone? Oh, you mean you ache for the next time I'm going to leave when I'm gone? Yeah. While I'm gone, you're thinking of the next time I'll be gone? It depends. On what? On my mood, I guess. This I would like some help with the with baby and the dogs. But not my company. No, that's cute too. It's cute? Yeah. You know, there's a lot of women in my DMs right now that are requesting my company. A lot of India a lot of Indiana women requesting my company. I'm turning them all down because I'm a married man. And it would be nice to know that while I was rebuffing the advances of Hoosier after Hoosier that you're at home pining for me. Moshe, um, it seems like you, because it's morning right now, it seems like you had one of those nights where you stayed up all night eating sour cherry balls and watching Star Trek. Is that what happened to you? Um, well, first of all, I didn't eat uh, any sour cherry balls. The um, The marketplace here at the Westin was a very understocked. Um, but what did happen was I did drink a tall boy of Red Bull and that was a tactical error and I was up really late 
and I watched Dahmer, um, which was really, re I got really, really horny watching Dahmer. Um, so that kept me up all night, rewinding certain scenes and masturbating to them. And, um, but no, I had a, I had a fairly healthy night. You know, I ate a grilled chicken breast last night with the other comedians while they all um, greased out Indiana style with like double decker burgers. Chaboy was out here. Did you here. buy it for everybody? I did, honey. Yes, I did. That is the custom. Thus is the custom. Although it was a little awkward. That's a custom when you're the headliner on the road to, to take the people that opened for you out for a meal. And it was a little awkward because like a lot of the um, the club staff came out and I wasn't trying to buy a meal for nine people. So I was like, I'm just paying for these, the comedians here. Anyway, I don't think anybody noticed. Did you tip? Yeah, I gave a, it's Indiana. So I gave 12%. <laughs> no, I didn't. I gave a 20 or. Is our well, child screaming in anguish in the background, Natasha? I, you know, she's watching TV. Hopefully she'll stay in there. She All right. Well, I have to tell you something she said. She said, Mom, I think uh, there's a movie that's streaming right now. And I was like, really? She's like, yeah, I've seen this movie poster around town in two places with a black phone. So I think it's streaming. Black Phone. She's obsessed with the Ethan Hawke horror film, Black Phone. She keeps asking me if I'm going to watch Black Phone. It's so weird. But she thinks it's streaming because she's seen uh, two billboards. But also, why does she... I don't she... think she knows what streaming means. Or what Black Phone means. Or who Ethan Hawke is. Or what a horror movie is. I guess she did see Hocus Pocus the other day, so she knows what horror is. But she's always asking me about Ethan Hawke's Black Phone. Are you going to see Black Phone? I don't understand why this got into her psyche. But well, because there's there's billboards for it up all over town. And then she asks, hey, what's that? What's that for? Yeah, but she's not asking me if I'm going to go see bros. That's got a pretty aggressive marketing push. There's something about Black Phone that's really making her imagination run wild. I think we should show it to her. Show her why she's too young for horror. What do you think? No, I don't want to do that. How about Dahmer? Could I show her Dahmer? You could, but you you would definitely be setting her off on a trajectory. Right. It would be a dark moment for her. Definitely a therapy moment for 20 years from now. Like Duncan Trussell told me when he was young, his parents would let him go to the video store and rent any horror movie he wanted. My parents would let me do that too when I was young, but not when I was four. And I would venture a guess it was true of Duncan as well, that it wasn't at four it years old. He was like 10. I remember when the reanimator came out and everybody was saying that it, you, you shouldn't watch it. It's the scariest movie that's ever been made. And everybody was obsessed with the reanimator. I don't remember that one. Well, anyway, speaking of reanimating, why don't we reanimate this podcast by adding a guest to the mix you mean um a caller yeah guest caller a guest or caller okay well let's let's hear let's hear who we have we are gonna call straight from the set of les miserables colette in los angeles that's called cosette mosh ah damn it you're right you're right natasha that's what that's called hi colette. Colette. hi Moshe got you oh. confused with the lead girl in Les Miserables, Cosette. 
Oh, no, yes, I'm Colette. But you're not in Les Miserables at all? No, but people ask me. <laughs> no, I'm confused okay. every time. Yeah, I, I you, okay, because you look, I'm just going to say it. You guys can't famous. see her, but she looks famous, but specifically famous like in a musical about the French Revolution. Yeah, no. Okay, not all right. Colette, Colette how can what's going help? on? Um, well, I have a question for you. I need some advice. Here we are. Um, hi. So my husband and I can't just have a productive discussion or agree on where to live. Mm. Um, I can give you context. So we moved to LA almost two years ago from Chicago. Love it. It's great. Um, we discussed living here for two to three years and then moving back or somewhere else to settle and I'm pregnant now and due in January so I want to move back to be by family and friends but he wants to stay here because it's gorgeous and beautiful and he's happier here um have you considered so yeah. the Bastille in Paris <laughs> one I have not. yeah I'm just saying it could be a cool compromise what about okay, jobs? Right. Where do you guys need to be for your jobs? He works remote for his Chicago company still. Mm -hmm. So, but I actually, we moved here because I got a job here, but I quit that job and I have a new job, but it's still here. But I could get a job somewhere else. Okay. So you're okay. not like attached to your job? No, I've had this job for only two months. Like I could easily get a different job. I, I work in the arts. Okay. Okay. Now you're bragging a little bit. We know that you work in the arts because we've seen. I'm famous. Like, wait, uh, I have a question uh, for you. Uh, well, first of all, you have to kind of decide what kind of kid you want to have. Do you want your kid to be raised in the socialist uh, wasteland? Uh, the crime adult. Actually, you know what's funny is both of the places you're discussing. <laughs> Are these like uh, conservative, like fantasy lands of like violence? Everybody thinks <laughs> Chicago and LA are these like hellscapes. So you're, that's a push. That's even okay. good. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, but but what kind of kid do you want to have? Do you want to have a Chicago kid or an LA kid? Those are different kinds of kids. They are different kinds of kids, and I I always said I didn't. No offense, I always said I didn't want an LA kid, and I know you guys live in LA and have a child. Well, that's true. Um, but. But yeah, I mean, it's kind of awesome here and all the LA kids I've met are very cool. So that doesn't help my side of the discussion. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm concerned why you can't have a productive conversation about it. Does he mm. have like a block? Um, I think I told him I was open to settling in LA if we could figure that out. But it's, I have yet to see like a decent house we're able to buy, we're renting. Um, and you start showing him like property that you could have in Chicago. I have done that. Yes. It's just Chicago is so cold. Dude, it sucks. I'm from there. I mean, <laughs> I know. Same. <laughs> could you buy in, um, Chicago? You can afford that. Yeah. It'd probably be like, like right outside Chicago. My we were living in Chicago before this. My family's right outside Chicago. So we would be like somewhere like Irving Park, like North Chicago. Okay. Okay. All right. Natasha, what are your thoughts here? You're an Illinois girl. 
Well, I mean, I think that you could continue your pregnancy and the first six months, like he doesn't know what's coming. Like if you had supportive family around you with a baby, your whole world opens up. Yeah. I don't know anyone who has that really, not a lot of people, but like, I don't think your husband quite understands that. No. Yeah. That's where our conversation never goes anywhere. Cause, and then I'm like, obviously I don't get it either. We don't have kids yet, but I'm like, we don't know what we're in for. We don't have support here. And then we, and then the conversation goes haywire. No, you're right. (laughs) Natasha, you're right. If you go to Illinois, not even Chicago, because we've established that it's not actually Chicago. It's actually the suburbs outside of Chicago. We'd, yeah, I think we would stay more towards Chicago. If but you yeah. go to Ill, to the suburbs outside of Chicago, <laughs> it could open up the freedom for you and your husband to go out, go ice fishing, uh, <laughs> do cross-country skiing, uh, put on um, 50 layers and go to a Panera Bread. Like, there's a lot of really cool options for your, your freedom. <laughs> that are available to you should you leave. Now, what about, here's another thing to put in your pipe and smoke, um, which you'll be doing by the fire in an Illinois winter. Um, I feel like maybe I'm just California biased because I'm from here, but I feel like your kid is more likely to bounce when they turn 18 if you're in Illinois than they are if you're in California. California has this, um, hypnotic effect that keeps people there because it's like the best place to live, even though uh, if you're conservative, it is a socialist hellscape. But if you, I feel like kids in LA are more likely to stay in LA. Do you think that's bullshit, Natasha? You left. Yeah, but I mean, I don't think her concern right now is 18 years from now. All I'm saying is you get the help up front, but then they leave you early or you're desperate and it's horrifying in the beginning, but you get to keep them longer. I mean, here's the truth, which I don't know why he doesn't grasp this, but like, you know, you're going to have to tell him we're not going to have money for, we can't afford to buy here because it's not even good investments to buy in LA right now because everything's like completely overpriced and going for way more than it's worth. And then the other thing is you're going to have to pay. I don't know. I mean, our, our, when I look at our, the money we spend every month, the largest sum that we spend is childcare. So it's like, you are going to be spending a good chunk of your money on childcare. So it's like, but you get to live in paradise. So, I mean, if you're willing to give it a year, I guess you could say something like that to him. Um, Because it, or or are you feeling like you really, because it's like, if you really want to be close to your family during your pregnancy, you know, I don't want to, is that? No, you- no. I said, we kind of discussed, like, I would be okay with staying here for another year. But I think just with what we make for a living, especially me, I don't make that much. I'm like, I just can't see this lasting. And he just, is he okay I don't know if I'm putting. Continuing to rent? Yeah, for the next year, that if that's fine. But I don't think forever. We definitely want to buy. Well, you live, you work in the arts and crafts industry. So yeah, you're, you're going to be underpaid. I mean, what do you make lanyards for a living? Like, I, how do you I, know? Yeah. Well, I do. You look like a lanyard lady. If you don't look like Cosette, you look like a lanyard lady. That's, that's kind of the vibe you're giving off right now. Uh, is your family going to help? 
Yeah, I mean, they were sad that we moved. Yeah, there's those types. I will say that Natasha and I were both, both have been shocked at the level of engagement from the grandparents, not, and, and not always in the same direction. Certain grandparents were more helpful than I would have thought, and other grandparents were much less helpful, and it kind of blew my mind. Okay. I think, I mean, my sister lives there with her kids, and my parents mm-hmm. help her. I mean, so they better help me, is what I'm thinking. Well, I mean, look, I can just tell you my opinion here is from one of great bias. I love California and never want to live anywhere else. And I'm so grateful and I've always been so grateful that I grew up here. I, it was like, I grew up very poor and we did not own a house. We rented our, my whole childhood, but, uh, but I would, was so grateful and was aware of how grateful I was to have grown up in California because it was just like the best place because there was so much adventure to be had and camping and fun stuff to do and sunshine. But then I get it. Chicago's a cool place too. Obviously it's a world-class city and world-class city. It's like a math equation, right? It's like awesome sunshine is on, on one side of the equation. Awesome sunshine, um, uh, redwoods, places to camp, the beach, mm-hmm. cool stuff. And then unbelievably expensive feces on the ground um, and you'll never own and uh, you're all alone. Right. <laughs> on, that's, that's we've pros and cons on one side. On the other side um, is Chicago. Uh, also a cool place. Definitely a cool place. Would I say, would I, a good city. Uh, are the hinterlands of Illinois, uh, do they compare to the hinterlands of California? Come on. It's not really a competition. No beach ever. You guys do those fake lake beaches where you're like, oh, it's like a beach. Mean- it's not a beach. Uh, it's not. A, it's a lake. It's a beach. Uh, and, and it's months out of the year you can go to the beach or one. Right. You, you got to do unfathomably cold winters, although that will be That's changing. Huh? That will be changing with global warming. Not really. True. And then you got, um, and then you got uh, um, the, the positives of your family are going to be around, right? But then the negatives, your kids are going to grow up to be like, you know, kind of like dorky, like people that go to bars with like a a wool hat on and they're (laughs) going to, they pull their wool hat off and they go like, give me a beer, Ted, or whatever. That's going to be your children. So that's me. That's you. (laughs) I just thought of something. The time when you really need help from grandparents is probably like the first two years. Mm, That's true. Because then kids go to preschool and they go to they can go to daycare all day, you know. Then you've got like some relief, but like you really don't have relief those first two years. And like, does your husband have any friends who have small kids that he could talk to? Yeah, but crazy enough, they all kind of moved when they had kids. And I'm just realizing this right now. Maybe that's why he doesn't feel the urgency. I bet, I bet, now that I'm hearing what you're saying. I have a theory. I think that your husband, is he from Chicago as well? No, he's from North Carolina. We met in North Carolina. Okay. Well, first of all, right. So this is an unfair situation, which is that you're trying to go from neutral ground to your home. I'll put it into a metaphor you can understand. Okay. The Cubs are playing, um, are playing in an away game, right? 
and you want to move back to Wrigley Field, right? But he's not a Cub, right? He's a, a wizard. What are the North Carolina? It doesn't matter. The point is, part of it is that he feels like he's going back to your home turf, right? The other thing is, and this is really real, once you move back to Chicago, you're not, it's a, I'm not saying it's a giving up, but it is a, you're not coming back. You don't sure. go from, what are you, 30, 32? You don't go. I'm from, 36. 36, you look great. You don't go you. from, not that 36 is, uh, uh, you <laughs> look great in, a 36 is a young age. But the point is, you don't go from the California thing. We both moved from North Carolina and Chicago to California back to one of those places and then go, actually, we're going back. The adventure mm. continues. So he is worried. This is what I guess for a man and for a woman, too, but definitely for a man, because I am a man. Having a child is the end of um it is the putting away of childish things. It is grow. It is grow. The growing up and putting down the kids stuff a little bit, right? And it's very anxiety producing for a man. I'm sure it's anxiety producing for a woman too. But the idea that he's not only going to become a dad, but he's also going to move back to the old country, <laughs> and not only that, your old country. I'm sure it produces all kinds of crazy anxiety where he's like, oh, okay, so I'm just like tapping out and I'm going to go like become a dad with a beer belly in Illinois, as opposed to being like a cool dad that gets to stick with it in California. That's what's happening for him. So it's probably emotional for him, which is probably why he can't have a rational conversation with you about it. That's true. And see, and we don't get to that point because then we both just get locked on Chicago versus California. But that is true. And I will consider this. Because we do love hiking and camping and can do that year round here. And you cannot do that in Chicago. And I think like really understanding his point of view, like what Moshe's saying, you don't have to say, I know that you're insecure about becoming a dad, but just knowing <laughs> that, just knowing that about him can help you have a conversation where you don't get super defensive, you know, you and, 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 you know, it seems like he makes more money. Is that true? Yeah. So he makes more money and is he okay with continuing to rent and, you know. And do you want to, do you want to uh, hunker down and nest or do you want to continue the great adventure despite the fact that you're having a kid? That's a question for you to answer because neither are, neither are bad or good choices. They're both kind of even choices. Uh, I understand the pull to family. It's like once you're having your own family, you want your family to be connected to them and be raised with them. But I would say, yeah, your your husband, it, I would venture a guess that your husband feels like what you're asking him is not just to move to Illinois, but to but to join your life trajectory, to go into the into your family, to kind of leave everything that he likes behind and be a part of your world instead of you guys forging a new world together. I'm not saying. Well, yeah, we we lived in Chicago together for seven years. So he does okay. have a life there. So it's not like he's, he did love it there, but then we moved here and he actually loves it here, which I do too. I think it's just the friends and family thing. If they, if they moved here, all would be ideal. Well, have you guys, um, hmm. Well, I have a thought, Natasha. I, I have a thought. I think, okay, so let's put aside whether you should move to Chicago or California. 
because that's a personal decision. And obviously California is superior to Illinois in every way, but let's not, that's neither here nor there. The issue that you called with was uh, how to have a conversation that doesn't devolve into defensiveness. And I probably the, your best bet for that is to try to have a conversation you know, this is going to sound very rudimentary because everybody always says this, but have a conversation when you're not charged up about it and try to have the conversation. Um, try not to have the conversation about Chicago or California. If you said yourself, that's the the sticking point instead of having that conversation, which is a uh, it never goes anywhere. It's always the same conversation. Try to have a different conversation, which is what's this about for you? Are you feeling I'm think I was thinking maybe what you're feeling like is, you know, we're getting older, we're settling down, and I'm asking you to come be a part of my family. And is that does that maybe is a part of uh, taking on the responsibility of parenting feel doubly anxiety producing when I say, why don't you come join my family? Because I can I can say for me, like, that sounds like hell like literal hell, like to, uh, not that I don't love my, uh, extended family, my in-laws, but the idea of like leaving behind my like independent identity and like joining a clan of, of Natasha's family sounds like, Oh my God. Like now, not only am I a dad, but I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, whatever your last name. You're making it sound scary to me now. (laughs) Well, it is scary because it's a, it's a, it's a leap. Parenting is this leap into the great new chapter of your life. And, and, and I, the truth is you are working in the arts and there are more arts probably happening here in LA than there are in Chicago. Mm, Am I wrong? Good point. No, that's right. Yeah. Good and then point. additionally, I think that there are ways for your parents to come for, you know, you can get them Airbnb or they can get an Airbnb kind of close to where you are for a month when you first have the baby. And, you know, maybe they'll annoy the shit out of you, but it's mm-hmm. like, you can still have a very full family life and like go home twice a year and they come there three times a year and, you know, it can still feel healthy and close. And maybe, you know, maybe you guys will go on, on a vacation together, you and your husband and your parents will stay and watch the baby. And, you know, you, maybe you'll go for a week without him, with the baby, you know, it's like, it's not like you can't make it work. Just yeah. to just to defend you and your plan, although when you said it sounds scary, uh, I want to defend you by telling you another terrifying thing: is <laughs> staying in LA is also scary because yeah. being in a big city where you don't have the, that kind of support that's also scary. Like I'm lucky that my mom and uh, my brother, and not that they're they're not like unbelievably involved uh, in raising my kid. But they help when we when we need it. They move to L.A. So I'm not giving I'm not trying to ignore the fact that being in L.A. in a place where neither of you have a home, uh, your full home base is that's also scary. It's a different kind of scary. It's like it's financially scary because if you need help, you're going to have to pay for it. There's no dropping the kid off at at grandma's. But I'm that's why I'm really focused on your on your husband, because to me, what is happening for him, if I had to guess is he's like, I'm already becoming a dad, which is scary for any young man. And I'm I'm being asked to like just join this other family, even though I love that side of the family and they are my family. I'm just being asked to like fully divest, fully vest my identity in her world, her hometown, her family. 
her thing. And, uh, and I like the fact that we're here in California doing our own thing. That's what's probably happening with him. So if you have a conversation, maybe don't even mention the move more like, I mean, obviously you're going to mention it, but more like, let's get to the root of what's, ha- what, what's happening. Are you, are you scared when I ask you to move to Chicago? Cause you think that you're going to lose a part of your identity. Cause that's really every young person. I'm sure you feel the same way. They're like, I'm going to lose the identity of who I was. And this is a, a an accelerated version of that because it's like, it's a physical totem, Chicago, your family, like have yeah. that conversation instead. Maybe once you take away the anxiety from that identity stuff, then you can, then you can have a more, a less emotional conversation about the move itself. That's what I think. Yeah. And be more the truth is parenting is all about these decisions and this minutia and like having right. to decide like, Every day you have to decide something. So like, you, you know, how much sunlight does the kid get? What if the kid has a health problem? When do we finally give it sugar? When does it, when do we let it watch TV? What school do we go to? Like every single, do we let them cry it out? Do we, do we how, how are we going to parent? Like our so public many, school, private school, you know. There's just so many decisions that you have to make that you have to like be able to have these like rational non-emotional conversations around this and I also think it would be very helpful for him to talk to some of his friends who have kids and like even ask him and say you know I just know from so many of my friends that like family help can mean so much like just having a support system a place we can drop off a baby like 24 7 we have to be in charge of this thing now for the rest of our lives if he talks reaches out to some of his male friends who he doesn't have this emotional thing with maybe they'll kind of school him a little bit too. And like, you know, it doesn't sound like it's the worst thing in the world for you to stay in LA either. Yeah, and also no, and does, I, I like that idea. It also doesn't sound like it's the worst thing in the world for you to move to Chicago, not to ruin your decision-making process, <laughs> but to Natasha's point, because you're so right, Natasha, it's like a, a, the thing your husband also isn't wrapping his brain around. And he's right. That he is kind of abrogating some of his selfness to go be in Chicago, but he's also not fully wrapping his brain around how little self is going to be there when it's just the two of you in a loft in downtown LA and there's no other <laughs> options. You know what I'm saying? As opposed yeah. to, hey, it's Friday night. I want to go have a beer with the boys and watch the Cubs or the Bears or whatever it is Chicago people do. And he can just drop your kid off at your grandparent at her grandparents or drop your kid off at your sister's house and have a little bit. That's vital. Like that's huge that it's all about weighing the options. And I feel like you guys are getting stuck. I really, really think you guys are getting stuck in stuff that's subconscious for him. That's about his identity as a young person and as a man. And once you get, get rid of some of that residue, then you can have a more reasonable and logical conversation. And you probably are too. I know. I was just thinking about that. I'm like, that is true for both of us a little bit. Right. It's, it's super helpful. Uh, yeah. For you, stay, you're prob- How does she stay in LA for a year and then not feel like they've given up if they decide then they want to go to Chicago? I mean, that whole giving up thing is just like, who cares? I think you're right, Natasha. It's like every single moment of having kids or just life is all about like, what is the right choice in this moment? And like, I was thinking you're probably feeling the same way. There's probably some call for you to like, go to mommy and go be like surrounded <laughs> surrounded by safe people, you know, because you're entering into a scary thing too. And it's like, 
What could be safer than like my hometown, my mom and my sister surrounding me with support and love that that that's a fear, but it's a reasonable fear too. like, I just think getting rid of the fear and then finding out what the right choice is, is that's your that is your path. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This is helpful. And and just just in these these conversations are hard. Keep trying. Try to take your emotion out of it. Try to listen. Try to, uh, you know, it's hard too because you've got hormones pumping through you. You're about to have a baby. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like one step in front of you right now. It's like you've got a doctor. You've got, you know, it's like getting all this move in place before you give birth. Uh, that might not happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What did somebody said? The one truth about parenting is the minute you're, the minute you've learned a lesson, you feel like, oh, I figured this out then that lesson is no longer applicable in any way. And there's a brand new one that you have no idea what to do with. So Natasha's right. Like this is the first of uh, infinite amount of like impossible decisions that having raising a human being is going to bring into your life because it's a, it's a massive responsibility and a huge adventure. It's the biggest adventure I've ever been on. And I've been on a lot of adventures. I've been to Burning Man over 20 times. And your parents, your parents, Colette, might be more annoying than you think. That is true. Like, you might not want them around all the time, you know? I mean, it's true. It's something to think about. Um, all right. Well, good luck. I know we don't really have an answer for you, but at least, like, being able to. No, it was. Okay, good. Yeah, that was that was helpful in, in taking into some of his personal considerations. I'll uh, I'll try a new tactic. Let us know how it goes. We'd love to stay in touch. And you don't yeah, have to be it. right, okay? You just have to, like, listen to him, let him talk, let him, you know, and maybe suggest he talks to some of his friends who are dads yeah. and, you know. Yeah, cool. It's a, it's a transformation. You guys are going through this massive transformation. It's a big and scary time in a, in a, in a life. But, gosh, what a – for me, I would say all of the sacrifices – don't feel like sacrifices once they arrive because you're like, ah, this is the new mission, which is really yeah. nice. Here we are, the new mission. And honestly, if I could leave you with one thing, it's raise your kids in in California. It's a better. <laughs> oh, sure, sure. Well, that was easy. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It seems so simple now that we say it like that. All right, good luck. All right. Yeah, thank you guys. Bye. Bye. She was sweet. I'm trying to think what it would take for me to move back to Illinois. You would never. But, you know, it's so funny. I was about to give her the advice. I was I was saying like, oh, people in Illinois want to leave. But I'm like, wait a minute. No, a lot of people love a lot of people love Chicago. It's Natasha. It's you that wanted to get the fuck out the minute you turned 18. Well, I also think that with the Internet and like everyone can kind of see what's out there and they probably now look at people. It's such a visual media now everyone's a, a connected to these images and they probably like look at how dope our lives are in california when they're like spending their eight months uh you know eight, eight months of cold in chicago well it's funny because a it, lot like, of really sucks moshe i yes i believe that was the reason i don't live there i mean the, the thing is though that a lot of people think cal truly and it's mostly conservatives, but it's like in the news media, they think California is like a horrifying war zone. And to be honest, there are parts of California <coughs> that are a little bit um, scary and unlivable. Fire season is truly um, no joke. I mean, and also 
I was driving the, our kid to a, a birthday party the other day, and there was just a, there was just a, a conflagration. A, it just a the freeway was on fire, for for just and I I'm sure that it's less like that in Illinois. But then again, it's Chicago. Why was the freeway on fire? Well, there was an encampment on fire. You know, I mean, it was just definitely like a um, a purge situation. It definitely looked like the purge was just like homeless people in a fire. On the and then I way? and then I called 911 because there was a fire and 911 was like, we're sorry, all agents are busy now. And I was like, all right, <laughs> maybe bring me back to the cornlands. Yeah, I'm sure like Chicago's not great, but Schaumburg, you probably got some hope. You got some what? Hope. Yeah, there's hope in Schaumburg. Uh, Natasha, should we do another call? Sure. Hey, Tosh. Yeah, Tosh. Let me ask you a personal question. Yeah? Do you like bread? Of uh, course. Who doesn't? Do you like fresh baked bread? Uh, yeah. Well, I would like to suggest to you Wild Grain. Basically, they send you these frozen breads, cookies, croissants, rolls, all different kinds Pasta. of bread. Pastas, fresh made pastas, and you take them out of the freezer, pop them in the oven, or pop them in the water, and booyah bayow, you have warm, crusty, yummy ass bread. I was at a dinner with my mom the other day. She asked me to bring dessert. I brought the chocolate chip cookies, and while we were eating dinner, we baked these chocolate chip cookies. They were perfect, thick, crispy, gooey, soft. They were everything you want out of a chocolate chip cookie with none of the work. It's kind of amazing to always have fresh baked goods at your disposal. They're just like in your freezer and they tasted so delicious. Also, this holiday season, Wild Grain is featuring delicious new limited time sweet treats such as pumpkin cinnamon rolls. We have to get those for our child. Orange cranberry biscuits and chocolate avalanche avalanche croissants. The plain croissants were amazing. I can't imagine chocolate ones. Avalanche. I love your pronunciation. It basically, they send you a big box of frozen goods. Like like Natasha said, there's there's French breads, there's cookies, there's rolls. It's so good. It's the first bake from frozen box for artisanal brain. And they only use clean ingredients like unbleached non-GMO flour. And they use a slow sourdough fermentation process that's healthier for you and tastes better than anything you can find in a grocery store. So for a limited time, you can get $30 off your first box plus free croissants in every box when you go to wildgrain.com slash honeymoon to start your subscription that's right free croissants in every box $30 off that first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash honeymoon that's wildgrain.com slash honeymoon or you can use the promo code honeymoon at checkout hey honeymooners have you ever thought what if you could finally have a bra that makes your boobs look and feel amazing and is actually super comfortable to wear all day then you should use Third Love. Take their Fit Finder quiz. Get one of their t-shirt bras. I mean, these t-shirt bras don't even make you feel like you have a bra on. They're also super supportive and comfortable and won't show through your clothes. It's made millions of women very happy and it's designed for your body and even comes in half cup sizes. So you always get a perfect fit. Never get stuck with a bad bra again. Returns and exchanges are free for 60 days. 
Third Love's team of expert fit stylists are available to answer all of your questions. And also, did you know that Third Love is the largest donor of undergarments in the U.S., partnering with organizations across the United States? Third Love has donated over $40 million worth of bras to help people in need. You know what? Our unhoused neighbors need bras too. So ditch your bad bras, get a better one that makes you look and feel great. Upgrade your bra today and get 20% off your first order at thirdlove.com slash honeymoon. That's 20% off your first order at thirdlove.com slash honeymoon. Hey, Tosh. Tosh? Oh, it's just me. Hey, listener. Are you wondering why you don't feel as energetic or as healthy as you used to? Maybe you've been experiencing symptoms and don't know where to start. We want to recommend to you Everly Well. Everly Well is a test that you send in. They send you 30 at-home tests. 30 different tests are available to you. And you can choose the test that makes the most sense for you and how you're feeling to get the answers you need. Tests like the Women's Health Test or the Food Sensitivity Test, you send it in and they give you a whole rundown on exactly where your levels are, where you're at, and the kind of vitamins and supplements that could help you feel your best. They've got a variety of high-quality vitamins and supplements that they will then send you. You can choose from all these different options like vitamin D. I just started taking vitamin D myself. started taking potassium. They've got omega-3 fish oils. It's so simple. Over a million people have trusted Everlywell to support their health and wellness goals, and you should too. For the listeners of our show, Everlywell is offering a special discount of 20% off an at-home test at everlywell.com slash honeymoon. That's everlywell.com slash honeymoon for 20% off your next at-home lab test. Everlywell.com slash honeymoon. Okay, let's call Beth in New York City. Another liberal hellscape. Hi. Beth, what's up? Hi, Beth. How are you guys? You're in the most, I mean, I, I know we're doing an audio only um, episode here, but you, I just want to explain that you are in the most New York looking apartment I have ever seen. From my view, I can see your attic, your bedroom, your living room, your kitchen, and your bathroom all in one. This person lives in a 12 square foot apartment, and it is good to see you living a New York dream. Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, so I've been living in this apartment with my roommates for some time now, and I get along well with them. Uh, but one, her fiance just came back from a postdoc abroad and has been coming over often and unannounced. And I just find him un- insufferable and I don't know how to restore peace, like in myself, like outside. Oh, in, hell. In, in the outside world, I'm chill as fuck. I let everything go easy, breezy, beautiful. Nothing touches me, but cover girl like i have so little as you said as you so keenly observed in this are these shared city. spaces that you're in right now is this all shared space no this is my room this my loft but okay. i carry the anger everywhere that this is a horrible situation you're in i i hate it that when you that feeling when you're vibrating with annoyance for a person and every word they speak makes it that much worse and you're in a doubly terrible situation because of new york because the space is so small, it's yeah. like you're. Oh man, this is a tough one. I know that feeling so well. Yes, Natasha. Hmm? Does he have a house? Yeah, he doesn't live here. But I'm like, you come into my home, 
and pollute the air with your arrogance like just do why and there, it's not like i mean i'm not the one marrying him but it's this postdoc thing really gets you going doesn't it it's the postdoc he's a it's the, postdoc it's the after you get a phd it's like okay so he has a phd in physics two postdocs and it's the it's the certainty that you know serves you when you're um researching about the laws of the universe but it just totally makes you I don't know. Like you are, you are like a blowhard dork, kind of right? a blow a physics blowhard. Yeah, you are vibrating with annoyance right now, Beth. It is yeah. Really I mean, I can just tell you when the first time I met him, uh, he asked me what I'm doing with my life in those words, and I said, you know, some stand-up comedy, some writing, and he goes, um, I knew this girl in college. I went to Columbia for undergrad. Cause that was important for him to mention. He sure. needed me to know that. And he says she was fairly talented, but she wasn't particularly attractive. And I think that's why she didn't find success. Uh, and at this point, like the surface temperature of my head isn't like triple digits. Like I can smell my hair starting to burn, but I'm trying to keep my cold because my sister's sitting next to me. My sister's 13. She stayed with me over the summer trying to be a good example. And like, I don't know. I'm thinking to myself, chill chill and that's all i have in my anger management toolbox well you know what would help you find some more tools for how to calm down is the study of theoretical physics because within the field of physics we find my community we find uh that there are much more options uh i'm trying to do uh your your roommate here but anyway this is swing so that was a swing and a miss um yeah, no i mean i studied tips? physics for a year and i haven't encountered anyone as like as nearly as just pompous. Okay. Can you talk to any tips? Here's my question. Is is he encroaching in your shared space more than you'd like, or just he's fucking annoying? Yeah, I mean, it's that too. I mean, earlier this week I was watching a movie, like, I don't know, context, it's Beau Travai. It's an art house movie with a lot of poetic silence. And he comes home, first mm-hmm. thing, can I turn on the light? Watching, uh-oh. I guess. Granted, that was meek. Maybe of me to say. So you think you think he is pompous and uh, full of himself, but you're watching Beau Travai, an art house movie with a lot of poetic <laughs> silence. Yeah. Uh, hmm. I think mm-hmm. I'm getting a little bit of information about you as well, Beth. I think what it is now, I realize you're like smart, and you think of yourself as really smart. And this guy comes in with his big, like he wears his intelligence like a like a. Uh, a a uh, he's an aura a 10 foot aura of his postdoc everything is postdoc and he and you feel like this dude is just like lording his intelligence over you and you're as smart as he is and that's like I, 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 obnoxious I don't think there's a solution here other than because he just drives you crazy you'll never like this guy there's no world in which you find a peace with this guy it's not going to happen no way I mean you'll find peace with him but you will not ever get over how obnoxious you find this person. I think the solution, Natasha, I wonder what you think, is to have a conversation with your roommate saying, is it possible for you to go to his house like f- half the time instead of having and him then, come over constantly? Then doesn't the roommate um, tell him that my roommate doesn't well, want to hear that much? And then- that's why you, that's why you have to have the conversation 
not about, I find your, uh, your fiance to be absolutely insufferable. I want to peel my skin off every time he's in the room. Something about him is poisonous, disgusting. I want him dead. I want to throw him off the roof. You don't say any of that. You say this, uh, you know, we're in New York. It's a small, uh, it's a small living space. And sometimes I'm feeling a little bit like encroached upon. Is it fair to ask you to go to go to his house uh, a little more often? because I'm, I'm just feeling the pressure of having your partner around all the time. Not going to be a fun conversation, but the other option is to just run had into- her, She had her niece there all summer. You had your niece there all summer? My sister. Oh, yeah. you're fucked. I missed that part. You're fucked. You don't have a leg to stand on. Wait, I have a question. How often, how many days a week is he at your house? Like three. So it seems already that it's even that she's at his place and- He's at our place. You're really fucked. Have you thought about moving back home? Yes, I actually have. The thing is, it's so easy to get riled up about this when I actually have more urgent things to think about. But also, I don't know, not trying to defend myself here, but I'm watching Beau Travai in the privacy of my own home. It could as well be Sonic the Hedgehog. All I'm saying is that people that are intelligent and, and artsy and maybe even a little bit like proud of how smart they are, which I can feel is true about you, are more annoyed by pompous people that wear their intelligence and education on their sleeve. Like, I feel if you were, if you were dumber, this guy's thing wouldn't bother you as much, but you're smart enough to know how obnoxious this person is being about his intelligence. Does that make sense? So you're like, you're, you're able to analyze how obnoxious this person is from a a keener observational perspective from a, a perch which is actually what your room is. It's just a perch. Yeah. Uh, you're able to see it more clearly. And that's what drives you crazy about it. So maybe you should be, you should be dumber. That's all honestly on you for being smart. You shouldn't have done that. Mm. Mm. When does he typically come over? Anytime, like in the middle of the day. In, I mean, they invited me to Shabbat dinner yesterday and that started off, you know, well, oh, he's Jewish? I guess. He's Jewish? Mm-hmm. Oh, he seems cool, actually. I don't know what your problem with this guy is. That's yeah, actually I mean, kind of disrespectful. I'm like, let's do like it. Him. I'm I'm down. I'll make my famous prison holla. And then it's like you're talking about your day, blah, blah, blah. Uh, he starts complaining that everyone had to do a sexual harassment training at work. He was like, it was an hour. And his fiance goes, it was an hour. I'm like, yeah, check him, check him. <laughs> I see. I so he, he's also kind of got like a little bit of a like a annoying white dude thing going on too where he's like what's up with the world today in that science way too oh i know this i know this guy wait what's uh, not that i want you to do material on the podcast uh but what's your famous prison holla i am curious about this what goes Uh, that was just just a phrase what's prison holla like a holla you made in prison or like you learned to make in prison i don't don't know (laughs) I don't know if you've been to prison. There's like, no, Jewish, like they, I don't know. Not a big Jewish contingent in prison, I don't think. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was um kind of a riff on like, oh, prison wine or prison whatever. Oh, no, I got prison, it. I was wondering if you put like, you know, fermented fruits or anything in there, like like a good, a good pruno would have. All right. So. So I, listen, three times a week, having your boyfriend over at your place isn't crazy, especially yeah. if he's being respectful. But what I would do is you know, if they're having a Shabbat dinner at your house, I would get the info, know what time they're going to have it and get the hell out of there. Make plans. Go to fucking Angelica Film Center and watch a movie there. That's Make right. plans around like 
whenever I'm going to be annoyed by something, I try to leave my house. Natasha um, is a hundred percent correct. Your only option at this point left for you is to stop trying to make it right and start trying to leave. Luckily, you live in New York, which is like there is not a city in the world that is more go outside your house at any given time and something interesting will be happening. So you just have to uh, stop. Your problem is you keep trying to have your roommate be your best buddy. But now but she's now got a plus one that makes you want to drink cyanide and die. So I you, like my roommate well enough. And we like when we eat meals together, it's fine. But I, no, you I this is the only option left for you. You have two options. Work you on your roommate that the guy annoys her. No, I agree. You have to work on yourself and get over this resentment and find a way to like this guy, which I don't think is going to happen. Or you leave the house. Natasha, right. Why are you going to Shabbat dinner? If, if, if fucking, if Jared Kushner invited you for Shabbat, no, it's like a restful, it's restful. It's supposed to be at least right. This restful communion. I've been to many a Shabbat dinner and you know, any, you know, ideological disagreements, you just put that away. Nobody's nobody's trying to get into the uh, theoretics of Shabbat. What we're saying is Shabbat. We're not saying don't go to any more Shabbat dinners. We're saying if you can't get over your resentment, and you can't get this guy to come over less, then you have to remove yourself from the equation. And there's nobody that knows equations more than your roommate's fiance, because that guy gets an equation. He went to Columbia after all. Also, when he says stuff to you, practice doing this. (laughs) Yeah. Be a little more like, let it brush off your shoulders a little bit. Don't get activated by him if you can. Be distracted. Leave the room. I'm sorry. Can you, I, I have to make a phone call. Go in. You've got a cute little space here. You could also be watching something in there if you want. You could have your, you, you know, you, you if you feel like they are kind of like coming over at all times, you could maybe have an arrangement with your roommate where it's like, hey, can you just text me heads up if you're coming over with him? You know, just because I want to make sure I'm dressed or I don't know, you know, just because like, the place is so small and sometimes it can feel overwhelming. And, you know, I appreciate that you guys are at his house half the time. I, I don't know how much, but. I, I do think like not being activated by what he says and not feeling bad when he's like secretly condescending you because that's just how these guys are. I don't think he really thinks you're an idiot or, you know, not making the best use of your intelligence. And what do you care? That guy probably has, he probably, no one wants to talk to him at a party. Except for her roommate who she lives with. I mean, to be honest, a guy with a postdoc Three postdocs. Two. Yeah. I, I would want to talk to him at a party, even if he was annoying. But listen, Natasha's right. Your only option, I bet if you remove yourself from his presence 25% more of the time, he would annoy you less. If you had less exposure to him, then mm-hmm. you would be less annoyed when you were exposed to him. So since it's it's not a fair um uh proposition but it's the only proposition available to you you can you have power over only one thing which is how much time you are in talking to him just make that time less and your life will get better or move new york sucks you just have to like all of a sudden be roommates with someone who you can't stand like dude new york is filled with people who have nearly violent relationships with their roommates that they don't even know i mean i had one right you did that's right 
with a girl and she like she's I ended up having to have friends come over to help me get my stuff and she was trying to throw shit down the stairwell at me and it was like awful. Huh? Oh that's that's our dog. <laughs> Sorry. You think you have a hard time with your roommate? Just because there's a physics professor coming around. We've got a we've got a dog with a collapsed trachea over here coughing 24 7. Remove yourself from the equation, Beth. That is the solution to your problem. Can you move Pablo, Tosh? I don't know where to put him. Okay. Beth, good luck. And and you know what? Use it Thanks. for material. If you really are a stand-up, this is perfect. You've got material yeah. coming to your house four times yeah. a week, just hand-delivering you material. But make sure not to make it anti-Semitic material, Beth, because it really feels like it could easily spill over into that. Yeah. <laughs> What was is that it? The thing you called about? What? Huh? Was that the thing you called about? About? Yeah. What, what do you mean? Having anti-Semitic feelings? Yeah. Oh. You called to deal with your anti-Semitism? He just started mm -hmm. talking about the roommate so quickly. I was like, just making a joke. Yeah. Usually, when we have a caller, we say, "What did you call about?" But you were so fucking hyped up, dude. You're like, "Great. Thanks for your observations on my apartment." Here's a situation with you. <laughs> so yes. good luck. I mean, I don't want to waste your time. Uh, you're not. You're not. We'll see you on stage, Beth. If he says something really demeaning to you, don't feel like you can't be like, oh, I, I don't really, you know, I, I, I'd appreciate I think, it. I mean, a large part of it was that my sister was staying with me. And if it's like, if you're saying something to me, I really, it, it does not, I don't care. It won't land on me. But you're just creating, like, I don't know, but I don't know. No, I, guess, I, guess, I think you've gotten your head about it a little bit, you know. One hundred percent. But I've yeah. had that. I've had these. I've had people. I remember I was taking. I would was taking classes with this person, and I used to fantasize about doing like a Ryu Street Fighter. You know when when Ryu <laughs> would do that kick where his leg would be out and he would fly across the screen and kick a person. I used to fantasize: could I physically do that and kick this person in the face while they were talking? It becomes like a a stuck. Uh, like groove on a record, your resentment for a person that drives you crazy. Here's the reality. Natasha's right. You are heading towards a confrontation with this person. If you don't change something, you will eventually be in a screaming match with this. And I can tell by the way you're describing him that he will not respond well. If you say something like, you know, that's really obnoxious. He's going to get defensive because he thinks he's the smartest person in the world. And then you're going to not allow him that. And then you guys are going to be screaming at each other. And then your relationship with your roommate's going to be weird. Everything's going to get weird. So the only solution in front of you, unless you want to have that conflict, is to just get, just find a way to get out of there more often. That's what I think. Yeah. Good luck, Ben. All right, honey. Well, Thanks. good luck. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Shabbat shalom. Oh, that is the worst feeling when there's someone on your home turf that you can't stand. That's how I feel every day living with you, Natasha. No, you don't. I make no, every room better when I walk in. That's true. You're like a walking party. I love it. And you never mention your physics background, which is really humble of you to do. Thank you. Yeah. Natasha? I don't even think I could answer a multiple choice question about what physics is. <laughs> a multiple choice question? Okay, I'll give it to you. Is physics the study of rocks, the study of fossils, or the study of the building blocks of the universe. 
the building blocks of the universe. The forces or something of the universe. I wish I understood physics. It would be awesome. I thought that sounds fun, but I'm not smart enough. The sound of, you know what I do understand though, really, really acutely well? What? The sound of the silence of the poetics. The poetic sound of silence. Remember when we had dinner with Paul Simon and he was described, this happened once. We had dinner with Paul Simon because Natasha was opening for Bill Maher. And Paul Simon came to the show and he came out to dinner with us afterwards. And he was describing writing the song Sounds of Silence. The right? Sound of Silence. The sound of Silence. And he goes, we were like, what was that like for you to write a song like that? And he goes, yeah, when I got to the end of it, I just thought to myself, huh, that's better than most songs I wrote. And that was it. <laughs> That was his whole introspection on writing one of the he great was like, classes. Huh. Yeah, he, I remember. Yeah, he was like, "Huh, this is better than." It was like be- he said it was better than what. He, yeah, better than. That's before. better than what I usually do. That's what he said. Huh, that's better than what I usually do. Like that's it. I wonder if Keats. I wonder if 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 Keats or or Dante or Steinbeck or. Maya Angelou or the Bible guy ever looked at what they wrote and go, huh, that's better than what I usually do. This podcast has been better than what we usually do. I think that he's just letting the music flow through him and he's able to observe it. If you would like to observe the music of podcasting with us, email us, endlesshoneymoonpod at gmail. We'd like to have you as a guest on our podcast. Or Or give us a secret at 213-222-8608. Also, be a part of our Patreon community. You can get ad-free stuff, and you can support us. You can support our mission to bring truth to the masses. You can get invited to our dinner parties. You can get all kinds of fun stuff and perks. Dating advice. We've been helping people with their dating profiles and actually seeing some positive results. It's actually really great. Find us wherever you find your podcasts. And Natasha? Yes? I love you. Oh, I love you too.